Okay, welcome everybody. Bezrat Hashem, we are continuing Hilchot Tefillah. We are actually now starting the specific details of how we, we daven. We discussed last week the Chiyuv, the nature of the Chiyuv, Doraita, the Rabbanan, who has a Chiyuv, men, women. And now we're going to discuss how one should actually daven. So the first thing that we're going to discuss, and in today's year, we're going to discuss three main topics. Uh, standing, um, is it appropriate to sit, lean? Um, is it appropriate to hold something? And then we'll discuss also the common uh, phenomenon today of davening from a cell phone or from a iPad or whatever it is, from some type of electronic device. Is there a problem uh, or isn't there a problem of that? So that's all in today's Shir Be'ezrat Hashem. So let's, let's begin. Standing during the Amidah, uh, one of the early sources that we seem to have is a Midrash, Sikta Zutrata. Now, Midrash seems to imply that this is from Chazal. So let's read it, and then we'll, let's, uh, and then we'll, we'll have a, a we'll, we'll say that in parentheses. Referring to Avraham Avinu, Zotvilat Shacharit, this refers to Tfilat Shacharit, Mikan Amru Rabbein Zal. From here, our sages explained, Avraham Tikain Tfilat Shachar, that Avraham instituted Shacharit, Tfilat Me'umad, and the Tfilat has to be done standing, Dichtiv Asher Amad Sham, because the Pasuk says regarding Avraham Avinu, when he's davening for storm, Asher Amad Sham where he stood. Now, this is obviously a very early source if we're talking about a Midrash. However, just this is a bit of general knowledge, the Midrash Sikta Zutrata, according to most uh, Mepharshim, is actually not written by Chazal, the classic Chazal that we talk about in the times of the Tanaim and the Amoraim, that we usually uh, relate uh, all types of Midrashim. The Midrash Psikta <coughs> Zutrata seems to be written by a Rishon. In the times of the Rishonim, uh, the 11th century, that is a discussion amongst the Poskim, how much we can give it as a source of Chazal and how much to give it um, credit as a source of a Rishon. You can see from the wording, Amru Rabbeinu Zal. Rabbeinu Zal, you don't find that necessarily in the times of the Midrashim of Chazal discussing, they don't call themselves Rabbeinu Zal. Um, so that is also a hint that this might be a later Midrash. Anyway, it's nevertheless, it's still, um, even if it's a, uh, from the time of the Rishonim, it still has a lot of weight. So that's how do we, we that's what we find, at least in the Midrash. Let's go on to the Rambam. The Rambam says, there are eight things that a person needs to do um, <coughs> when davening. But if he was pressured, forced, he was not able to do them for some reason. Now, that, that word is critical. Meaning you can still fulfill your obligation even if you do not fulfill all of these eight criteria. What are these eight criteria? Amida. Firstly, standing up. Nocha Hamikdash, 
facing towards the Beit HaMikdash, Tikkun HaGuf, correctly preparing one's body, Tikkun HaMalbushim, correctly one's, uh, preparing one's correct clothing, Tikkun HaMakom, davening in a place that's fit to daven, Vashvayat HaKol, correcting one's voice in a, in a, in a, in a correct manner, and bending and prostrating when is necessary. All of these things is the proper manner in which a person should daven. However, if one doesn't daven with these things, then I'm akid. Now, I'm just going to, um, towards the end of the shir, we're going to come back to this Rambam. Um, in this Rambam, he talks about how, how would you define all of these criteria. Is it a criteria in order to correct one's kavana, right? I'm just going to leave this as an open question, and please God, at the end of the show, we'll come back to it. Is this in order to correct one's kavana, so one davens properly, or is this more what we'll call kvod shamayim? When one's going in front of the king, one has to act appropriately. And certain things that one has to act appropriately, how you dress, how you act, how you vote, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll leave that as an open question. We're going to come back to it when we discuss cell phones <coughs> and using electronic devices as sidurim. But for the meantime, let's focus on what the Rambam over here is brought in the Tzurva. And that is because the Rambam mentions one of the eight criteria is standing. What does this mean? Person cannot daven unless he's standing. If a person is traveling and he's in a ship or he's in a coach, if he can stand, fantastic. But if not, as we said in the beginning, it's not ma'akev, sit and daven and you still fulfill your obligation. Now, the Rambam is clearly classified that this is a, one of the criteria that one needs to do. The question is why? We saw in the Midrash that, uh, and again, what exactly the status of that Midrash, the Midrash connects it to Avraham Avinu, and perhaps we can learn from Avraham Avinu. Let's see what the tour says about this criteria, this condition. The Tfilah is connected to, in place of sacrifices, and we shall bring our lips as, as offerings. And you serve Hashem with all your heart. How do you serve with one's heart? We know that the avodah of the heart is tefillah. And that, says the Torah, is compared to the korbanot. V'lachen, says the, the, um, the Torah, something very interesting. Our tefillah has to be similar or parallel to bringing a korban. The kavana, first of all, our intention. One has to have clear intentions, not any other intention that messes up a korban, such as uh, that messes up our tefillah, similar to messing up uh, a carbon. By the way, this is, that's a very, very um, severe concept of the of the of the tour. We know that in Kotchim, if a person has one slot, you know, you, you think 
of, of, of all types of notar or, or whatever, uh, sorry, not notar, but if a person, pigil, has incorrect machshabot, um, incorrect thoughts, it completely nullifies the carbon. If I have an incorrect thought in my tefillah, does that nullify the tefillah? So at face level, what the Torah is saying is quite severe, quite chamur, that if you want to take this to the end degree, we want to be able <laughs> to say that. If we, we discussed in, uh, I think it was last week's share, there, were, there was one of the Rishonim that wanted to take this comparison to the Karbanot to the opposite extreme. We know that if you do something stem, bring a Karban stem, as long as you don't have negative Karbanot uh, uh, intention, it works. So he says, even if one's just saying the words and one didn't have negative connotation, you didn't have really, you didn't think of what you were saying, one of the Rishonim, I think it was the re, one of the Balei Tosva, said that it's still considered a good filler. So this comparison to a carbon can be taken to the severe, in, in, to, to more Mahmir opinion. It can also be, as we've seen, some of the Rishonim took it to a more Michael opinion. Nevertheless, says the tour, discussing standing. Uma umad dum that standing is similar to how the service was done in the Beit HaMikdash. The Torah describes the Kohanim as standing and serving. And straightening, aligning our feet has to be similar to what the Kohanim did during the Avodah. Now, this is a bit difficult because we don't really find in the Gemara, in Zvachim, in Menachot, where exactly do we find that the Kohanim had to align their feet? So what exactly is the tour referring to? Aligning one's feet together like the Kohanim did in the Beit HaMikdash. We find one time where the Kohanim have to align their feet. And that is when they're going uh, heel to toe, when they're going up the rampa of the, of the Mizbeach, the Kohanim were not allowed to take steps. They had to, um, they had to walk like, um, like a, like a ballerina, I don't know, like a ballerina, you know, like one step in front of the other, uh, heel to toe, heel to toe, um, for all types of reasons, Newton, et cetera, we're discussing the parashiot of the Akamata Mishkan, <coughs> and that was one of the reasons. But that's the only time we find alignment of the feet. Is that what the Torah is referring to? Keep that <coughs> as just a question. But in the meantime, the Torah just tells us that the standing is similar to in the Beit HaMikdash. Let's see um, what the Shulchan Aruch writes. Shulchan Aruch is in place of the sacrifice so you can't have other thoughts. Don't have a machshava that puzzles just like in Kotrim. Also in Tzvila. And it's parallel to our service in the Beit HaMikdash that the Kwanim have to be standing. So that the Shulchan Aruch uh, accepts the opinion of the tour, not of the Midrash, that it's connected to Avraham Avinu, rather 
connected to the worship in the Beit HaMikdash. Let's see the Mishnah Burah. The Mishnah Burah writes, Katab B'darke Moshe, Maharil Hayanoeg Lamod B'Shachrit L'Tvilat Shmona Yisrei, Matay Shitchil HaShaliach Tzibur Tilot L'Kel Elyon. Meaning, when do you start getting standing up? So the Maharil stood up the paragraph before starting the Amida at Tilot L'Kel Elyon, the Maharil would already arise. Of the Mincha Shiarera Shaliach Tzibur Litnea Tiva, the Mincha, I suppose, pretty much at the beginning of Ashrei, why? Because uh, he wanted to <coughs> prepare himself. One has to prepare oneself and not just abruptly stand up and stop the Amida. So one has to prepare oneself. So according to the Mariel, that takes a few minutes uh, or a, a few seconds. So one does that already a few regaim before the actual Amida. Begam yasir az one has to clear one's throat and clear one's mind. Okay, so we've seen that there's basically a, a, a criteria of standing during the Amida. We see that the source might be connected to the Avod in the Beit HaMikdash, might be connected to Abraham Avinu. It's actually quite interesting because we always have this duality. Is the Tfilot connected Avod Tiknum or is it connected the korbanot tiknu. So there's always this duality, and we actually find it between the Midrash uh, Zutrata and <coughs> the uh, Tur, those two elements. What, but halachically one has to do it. It's not ma'akeb, but one has to do it. Now the question is, can one, can one lean on the shtenda? Or um, this is often done during Aserti Meitruva or during uh, Yom Kippur when one's doing the al one wants to lean, one wants to lean on the shtender while clapping one's chest. Is that okay? Says the Beit Yosef, or Achaim Siman Tzadik Dalet. Nireh sheyesh li zaher shelo li smoch atzmo la'amud o la'chavero bishat atfila. It seems that one shouldn't lean, not on a uh, um, some type of pillar, for that matter, shtender, or a friend. Dahavele amida minatzad velad amida hi. This is considered standing with minatzaj, with support, which is not halakhically considered standing. If we're close to shloshim yom, lifnei achag dorshin, so we haven't yet reached Purim, so we can't talk about Leila Seder and Pesach, but um, this is a discussion when there's an obligation to lean on Leila Seder. So what does it mean to lean, right? So, um, this this uh, similar discussion mean of, of uh, how much one has to lean uh, and can one use something comes up again and Rav Salvaj has got a very nice piece on it. But over here, says Abed Yosef, it's not going to work if you're leaning on something um, that is not considered standing. Says the so this is brought down, codified in the Shulchan Aruch, and the Mishnah Burr gives two reasons for it. Mishnah Burr says, Hatam the tefillah tzricha amida, kedelakaman besiman tzadichet, tefillah needs to be done standing, v'amida shal yedei smicha lo chavshi v'amida. If you're leaning, halachically you're not considered standing. Point number one. 
ולפי זה שמיכה קצת, היינו שסומך במקצת, שאם ינטל אותו דבר לא ייפול שרי. According to this argument, if one's leaning on the stander, but let's say someone would remove the stander, one wouldn't fall. Meaning one's not putting all one's weight on it, one's just leaning on it, but someone would take it away, you wouldn't fall. According to that, that would still be considered halachically standing. That would be okay. The yesh omrim hatam detzvichaliyot be'ema. No, the reason why you're not allowed to lean on something is not because it undoes the halachic definition of standing, but it's not considered an appropriate way of approaching the king. And when we're standing in, in davening, we are approaching the king. According to this, even slightly leaning would be problematic, even though halachically you still considered standing. But the point isn't considered whether you consider standing or not. The, the question is, are you um, positioning your body in an appropriate mechubad way or not? And leaning, even partial leaning, is considered inappropriate. But then says Mishabura, when one needs to, one can be lenient like the first opinion. And this is brought down in the Shulchan Aruch Arachayim, Tzadik Dalet, Siman Sifav, sorry, Chole, a sick person, Mitpalel Afilu Shochev Al Tzidok. If a person is sick, he can even daven lying down. On condition that he can still have the correct, appropriate um, intention. Says the Ramah, and if it's Impossible for him to daven. At least he should have some type of thoughts. Doesn't need to say the brachot. He should have some type of thoughts. David Amelech, say in your hearts while on your beds. Now the Mishabura tells us, not only a sick person, an elderly person, it's okay, you can sit and you can dive. If he can stand for part of the tefillah, he should stand for the parts where he has to bow. And this is also brought down in Halichot um, Shlomo. What about uh, um, a person on a plane? We've already discussed this uh, in the previous Shirim. Uh, when you're traveling on a plane, if you're going to block the aal, you're allowed to sit davening in your place, even lechatchila, and not uh, stand in the aal. Again, if you can find a place in the aal that I think is not going to disturb anyone, um, I think that even Rav Shlomo would agree that that is preferable. Okay. Um, what about walking during the Shmonai day? This sounds a bit strange, but <clears throat> this could happen. Where could this happen? It's a Mishnah Nafal Sefer al Haaretz. You're davening and you see a cedar falls, or it fell from your hand, or it just fell off the bookshelf. And a person finds it difficult to, to have Kambana where he sees that the Gemara is lying on the floor. So one should first complete the Brocha, whatever it is, and then one can walk, pick up the Gemara. Kiss it, put it back on the shelf, 
But if a person can concentrate, he's not bothering his concentration, he doesn't have to stop. Or, or he shouldn't stop. Secondly, what happens if a person starts a Shmona Yisrael, he's not with the Siddur, he starts getting confused. Can he stop his Shmona Yisrael, go to the shelf, take a Siddur, and come back and carry on down? You're allowed to stop in the middle of your tefillah to go get a sidur. Meaning, the critical point over here is, are you able to have kavana or not? If you're not able to have kavana, you're allowed to separate from standing, walk, it's all good. Furthermore, says the Mishaburah, quite a chidush. Adam. The Chaya Adam writes, person can't remember, did he say Yale Yavo, didn't he say Yale Yavo, and he's not sure whether he has to repeat it, or should he say it, um, when the, is it retained Talumatar, should he be start saying it, should he, you're not sure of the halakha, says the Chaya Adam, Kagon Shashachach is a Dvar Betfila, Mutar Lelech Mim Komole Makom Yuchad Oliyan Shabbosefer, you're allowed to go to the shelf, open up the Shukhan Aruch, check what the halakha is, Continue davening. It's like, I don't know where to look in the Shulchan Aruch. So can you ask someone? And, but he's, it seems to be, according to the Mishnah Bura, that even that would be permitted. I often have this with my kids. They're standing next to you and they're like pointing, you know, especially young kids, they're just learning, you know, Shabbos, so do you, do you add with this, that, do you add? So they, they, they ask these questions, uh, pointing. So according to the Mishnah Bura, you're allowed to, you're allowed to, you're allowed to. Question is, am I, is the person allowed to answer? The person I think is that the, the, the father is allowed to answer because without without it, hey, you're not going to be able to have um, um, Kavana either way. So definitely that would seem to be okay. Now, there's a Tvilak Yelchata. And often uh, a, a more common problem in the middle of the Amir, and you left your cell phone two meters away. And it starts, uh, starts ringing. Or someone's knocking at the door, and you're, you're, you're davening. And it's not going away. He's not able to have correct intention. So he's talking about a home phone. So take it off the hook. In the case of a cell phone, go and switch it off, whatever it is. The principle is again the same. If something is disturbing, one is allowed to stop to remove the disturbance and then continue one pillar. <clears throat> um, a, a, a baby, you can sing, signal them to try and keep quiet. If it doesn't, so where I can pick the child up, try and calm them down, but one shouldn't speak. Now, the Yalkut Yosef asked, God's davening, he's talking about a person who usually davens with a hat on, and the hat fell off. The Nishar Bakova Katan is now just got a got a kippa on. He's obviously very embarrassed in his kahila, everyone's wearing hats. 
In my kila, no one wears hats, so this, you know, it wouldn't be embarrassed. But in his kila, everyone wearing hats. Gadol kvon abriot, she dochelot mutaro here, if you notice, Rabbi Vadya is not saying he's not going to have kavana. He's saying even if he's going to have kavana, it's still permitted because it's embarrassing for a person. That's a big chiddush. And definitely, if it's going to somehow impede his concentration, but. Rabbi Vadya's original argument is something that we haven't seen up until now, and that is Kvala Briot. Even if one could have the correct intention, Kvala Briot allows one to stop <coughs> one's tefillah and go and uh, put on the hat, whatever it is. Now, okay, let's, let's move on to another topic. Does one have to really put one's feet together? Okay, so one has to stand, but does one have to put one's feet together? Let's read Mesecha Brachot Tafyud. I'm Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Chanina, Mishum Rabbi Yezim and Yaakov. Hamit Palel Tzarech Shechaven et Raglav. A person, when praying, needs to align one's feet. What does that mean? Shenemar v'raglehem regal yeshara. And their feet were a straight foot. Singular. Explains Rashi. Yechaven et Raglav. Zo etzelzeh meaning one next to the other, meaning the purpose of putting, aligning the two feet together is because they have to almost seem as if they are one foot. The melachim only have one foot. They have four wings, six wings, between Yirmiyahu and Yeshayahu, if I remember correctly. But regarding feet, it seems that it's considered one foot. So we want to almost compare ourselves to an angel. And that's why we put, we align our feet together. Let's read Amidei Rabbeinu Yonah. One has to align them as if they are one. And he's also from the word in the Nabi, regal, implying that it's one, one, they look like one. Now let's look at the Talmud Yerushalmi. Talmud Yerushalmi seems to argue. The Yerushalmi in Brachot Aleph Aleph says as follows. Zesho mitpalel has to align one's feet. Train Amoirin Rabbi Levi Rabbi Simon. There were two rabbis, the two Amoraim, Rabbi Levi and Rabbi Simon. The one says you have to align them similar to the angels as what we saw about in the name of Rashi, Rabbi Yonah. And the other says, no, what does it mean aligning them? Like the Kohanim. Where do we see aligning feet like the Kohanim? What we saw, the only time we hear about Kohanim aligning the feet is as we described earlier, when they were going up the ramp on the Mizbeach, they put heel to toe, toe to the heel. So according to the one opinion in the Yerushalmi, the, yes, we have to stand. And the comparison is to the Kohanim. 
And when did the, and the Kohanim aligned their feet, but they didn't align the feet one next to the other, rather one in front of the other. Now, so we bring two opinions of the Yerushalmi. We saw in the Babli, it seemed to be one opinion. Now look at the, um, um, look at the Beit Yosef. Beit Yosef is something phenomenal. So there, right, he's, um, the Torah brings both opinions of the Yerushalmi. And then the Torah writes that our Gemara seems to favor the opinion of the Malachim. Now we know whenever there's a machlok in Babli Yerushalmi, the Alacha follows the Talmud Babli. So according to that, seems like a close, close case, right? We should stand with our feet parallel to each other and not one in front of the other. But based on this, the tour is confused, the Beit Yosef is confused. Why did the tour actually bring this Yerushalmi? Because we don't bring any halacha from this. We pass it like the Babli. So why did he bring Venire? And here, according to the Torah, it's not so clear what the halacha is. Meaning, it could very well be that according to the Torah, one has to stand one foot in front of the other foot. Remember, we I saw we, we, we quoted the Torah in the beginning of the of the uh, of the shear, and then the tour says that why do I have to stand? Dumia the Kwanim. The source of standing according to the tour is from the Kwanim. And then he said, and a lining of the feet. And I asked the question there, what's going on? We have never found a lining of the feet of the Kwanim other than heel to toe. So it could very well be. That the tour actually passes that way. Let's read the Beit Yosef. Venire, shera beinu sover, right? That the tour holds me talmud and didan tzarich lechaven raglav kamar veefshad the kohanim kamar the ekev betzad godel nami raglav mechuvanim mikri. That is what Al Gemara is referring to when it says align one's feet. Omikom akom naachar shenagu alom lechaven raglav kemalachim. Says the Beit Yosef, maybe that could be an explanation of our Gemara, but that's not the Minag Ha'olam. And since the Minag Ha'olam is not like that, Rabbeinu the two should have told us, go see what the nation of Israel's Minag is. And the Minag of all of Klal Israel is to put one leg in front, uh, next to the other, and that's what he should have passed It's very strange. The tour seems to not worry about that the Minago Oilam is not like this. The tour is not worried about what Rabbeinu Yon and, and, and Rashi say, and he seems to imply that the din is like the Kwanim. Um, so it's not so clear how to answer the tour. He brings the, a, 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 
דוחה כיסס, מי מגיע לדחוק ולומר דאפילו עלי בדמן דמרק מלאכים כאמר זה לא ניחא לגמרי כדכיוון הרגלים אלא מה שצריך לכוון רגליו הוא כדי לדמות לכהנים בשעת העבודה. It's very difficult, he says even those opinions that said מלאכים it's just not to say like the מלאכים but like similar to the כהנים during the עבודה. However way you try and fix the, you know, try and be מיישב the tour It's not so clear why the, how the Torah is passing number one, and, and if he is passing like that, why does he keep on referring to the Kohanim? Nevertheless, how do we pass on Allah Chalamaisa? Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch, Tzadikai says, Yechaven raglav ze Clear, parallel, one to the other. Ke'ilu enam elechad lidamot lemalachim. To compare oneself to the angels, Dichtimai beraglem reik neyosharach. Meaning, raglehem nirim karegel echad. One has to put a line on one's feet so it, view, one, it looks as if one's only got one foot. The Mishabura adds, vaafinuim yoshev ba'agala. Even if a person, we saw that certain times one can't stand, either one is in a coach or one is elderly, etc. Nevertheless, mikomakom yechaven raglav. One should still put one's feet together. Od katu shali smoch. אז לאחוריו, one shouldn't lean back, ולא יהיה מוטל את צדדיו, and one shouldn't be leaning, meaning if a person has to dominate me the sitting, one should sit upright with one's feet together, ואליפשוט רגליו, ולא ירכיבן זלזה, don't stretch your legs out, and don't put one foot on top of the other, מפני שכל זה דרך גאווה. All of this gives off an appearance of arrogance. Now, I know that some, especially in more Svaritic shuls, are very, very makpid on this. That people, not, not, not necessarily talking about uh, um, the Amida. People sitting in shul and, and have their legs crossed one over the other can get Musa from the Gaba. Um, so I don't think in, in, in many shuls uh, this is the, the common practice, but some do. And the makar for it is this Mishnah We see that it's considered arrogant. So uh, again, the, the Mishnah is talking about the Amida, but I think it's, it's clearly a show of, of, of arrogance that one can copy paste um, for other things as well. Uh, one could go so far as to say when one's happening Birkatamazo, uh, should one not cross one's leg? So I'm not sure, I haven't seen this in the poskim explicitly, but um, I have seen that people do say, give a bit of a finger if they see people with crossed legs. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, I want to, uh, okay, the, 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 let's move on to the next topic because, um, let, let, <clears throat> now, since we talk about standing, this is, this is very interesting, uh, standing, could also signify the end of the, our official Amidah. Why is this? Says the Shulchan Aruch and Arachayim Kuf Yudzayim. Im lo shal matar. That's like a case, a person forgot to say v'tein talam matar in Birkat Hashanim. V'kodem shomea v'nizka kodem shomea tfila. And he is reminded before the brach of shomea tfila, ain machzirin oto. He doesn't go back and start the Amidah anew, no, he adds the Tain Talamatar in the Brocha of Shomer Tfila. Im lo niskar adachar Shomer Tfila. He's already past Shomer Tfila. Im lo akar aglav. If he still, 
if he hasn't removed his feet, he hasn't taken three steps back, he goes back to the brocha of <coughs> However, if he's moved his feet, meaning the Shukarach is telling us over here that once one takes three steps back, one has completed one's Amida, and therefore, if you've forgotten something, you have to repeat. If long as you haven't taken the three steps back, you still considered still davening, and because it's still davening, you can go to the point of where you need to pick up from. In the case of Yav, the Brocha of Barech Aleinu, Vatayim Talamatar, etc. Now says the uh, the um, the source of Yav, the Mishum, the Shulchan Aruch. Mishlim Tvilatov Enora Gil Omar Tachanonim Achar Tvilatov. That's how a person has finished the Shmona Yisrael. When I say the Shmona Yisrael, I'm talking about the final bracha of Sim Shalom, right? He's made the, he's completed the, the final bracha. Even though, <coughs> and he doesn't have a minag of saying Tachanunim. Our Tachanunim today is the Elokai Matzor, but people add more, etc. He doesn't have such a minag. Seems like he hasn't taken his steps back. He's finished his amida. Let's read the Mishnah on this din. Here's the Mishnah What we usually do, right? We add in Elokein which is basically private Tachanuni. And the final verse of that is Yul Ratzon. Even though, they, you know, the Mapi will say Shalom afterwards, taking three steps back. It's as if, even though you haven't removed your feet, you haven't taken three steps back, <coughs> you have concluded. So, although the, the Shulchan Aruch begins by saying, as long as you haven't removed your feet, like uh, move them, you can still in the middle of your tefillah. The Mishnah Brewer seems to clarify that no, that's all while you're still dominating. But if you, if you finish what you usually say, and in your mind you've completed what you say, then you have completed the davening, and in certain cases, you have to repeat the entire Amida. Okay. Uh, another quick uh, halacha before we get on to, uh, you know, I'm going to skip this uh, din of uh, during the Amida, uh, whether one should uh, put one's uh, look up above. I'll say it out loud. Basically, it's a machloket in the Amoraim, whether one should uh, lift one's eyes up or whether one should put one's eyes, look at the ground. The conclusion of the Gemara is, let's look over here, that a person should look towards the ground. There was a contradiction between two verses. The way we lift up our hearts to the heaven seems to imply that we should look upward. Right? But then there's another passage that says that Hashem looks down. So which one is it? Says the Gemara, that's how you, you look down with your heart facing up. And that's the answer. The difficulty comes from this Gemara in Brachot that the Gemara says that a person, you have to dive in a place where there are windows. Moriba Rabbi, Rabbi Amital Zatzal, when they were building the Kushet Sion, the Haret Sion Beit Midrash, so it's a very fancy, uh, very fancy 
uh, architectural structure. And the architect was very proud that he could make this whole structure without a need for windows. And, uh, and Rav Amital said, um, you have to have the windows um, because of this halacha. So if you go to the Kushpeit <laughs> Midrash, you will now see that on the side, they added in the windows, even though you can't open them, because that was the next uh, thing. No, I want to create a building where you don't even need windows to, to be open in order to have the, uh, the airflow. Okay, so the architect still got his thing, but the, um, this criteria is you need a oven where there's windows. It's not so clear that if you can't open the windows, that is uh, going to help. Let's see the Beit Yosef. What's the kushia? The kushia is the conclusion of the Gemara in Brachot <coughs> seems to be focus with your eyes down to the ground. But then the Gemara says that a person can't have it in a place without windows. Why do you need windows? Seemingly to look upwards, to look to Shamayim. That's, uh, that's what Rashi says. So katap rabbeinu agado mari abuah mivnei kushia zo pirshu tamidei rabbeinu yonah the time at the bayit sheyesh bochalonot ain't no elakadeshiya abayit mitukan be'avir. In order that there should be a cross breeze. Aval l'rashi shepirei shachalonot gormin lo shechaveni boshu mistakel klapesh shamayim kashe. So according to Rabbeinu Yorah, the chalonot are not there in order that you should look upwards, but rather in order to create a breeze. Now, if you look in the footnotes, it seems to be the the correct girsa of Rabbeinu Yonah is not avir, but or, that there should be light. So according to that, you don't need the windows to be able to open, right? As long as there's light coming in. Anyway, that's just a side point. Let's finish off with the Shukhan Al-Halasi Paskin. Face downwards, okay? The Yachshov Kilo Med Bebet HaMikdash. As if he's standing in the temple. So bottom line is, doesn't seem that we should be focusing down. Now the Mishnah brings out that according to the Zohar and others, one should actually close one's eyes. And he says that that's but the bottom line is, um, if you're doing it, if you can concentrate with your eyes closed, that's even better. But if you need to look in the Siddur, then that is perfectly uh, okay. Now, also, just another uh, din over here. What about shockling, as they say? Says the Gemara Masechet Shabbos Dafyu. Rava shade glime upachar yade umetzale. So Rava would remove his cloak and then he would grab his hands and he would daven. Amar ka'avda kamemare. He would hold his hands like a servant in front of in front of his master. Shulchanarach paskins this. Maniach yado alibo kaputin. One should put one's hands on one's heart, one on top of the other on one's heart. Ayimit ala smalit the the right hand over the left hand. Vomer keved lifnei rabo. Similar to standing in like a servant in front of his master, and shouldn't put his uh, hands on his hips because that is considered again arrogant. Now, says Mishabura, now, the way you put your hands, it's all some places that's how they stand, some places they stand with their hands 
um, next to each other, um, etc. The Sefer Seven Ma'amarot. He writes in the name of the Sheil Tot Veshem Rav Moshe Kordivero Betoch Pisatayad. So according to the the Arizal, you kind of cross your hands. According to the Rav Moshe Kordivero, you put your hands, uh, your fingers, one into the other. Um, now, Aruch HaShulchan says, Ve'en tiv'ei b'nei adam shavim b'zeh, Aruch HaShulchan says, not everyone's the same. Yeshe kasheh elem nitpalel b'ofen zeh, elem anichim yadayim ala shtender. Some people, it's hard for them to concentrate like that. They put their hands on the shtender. Or ala dafa davuk b'kotel, or they lean against the wall. Ve'en kral kavua b'zeh, b'chol echad yaseh kapi ma'ashimu, tablo litpalel b'ofen zeh. Whatever's going to create a person to have more kavona, that's how you should die. And uh, the night, the, the Ramah brings down Nagua Medaktakim Lehit Nonea Bishash Ekorin Batora, Dugmata Torashin in Abarete, the Chen Bishash Metalim. Says the Ramah, the Minag of the Medaktakim is to shockle. And also when they are reading Torah, and also when they are dabbing. Why? Based on the Pasuk Kolatz Motai Tomarna Hashem Mikamocha. So um, my wife tells me that. that uh, it's very, very disturbing for people listening to the Maggid Shir giving Shir when I uh, shockle. So I apologize for that. Um, but for some reason, uh, it's very difficult for me to stay, stay still. But now that we're talking about it, I'm reminded of it, I'm trying to stay still. But as the Ramah says, the Medaktakim shockle. So, uh, so I have an excuse. But I do understand that it's very difficult for people listening to see someone in, in constant motion. I apologize for that. And I will try to stay still at least for the next five minutes. There's the mission of Brura. The age poskim that when you daven, don't shock them. They say about Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein, when he davened, he would stand like a, 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 a complete rock, like a pillar. He wouldn't move. And they asked him, Where, where's that from? And he said, when he was fleeing from the Russian army, he had to stand um, for about three hours. And he had to stand completely straight without moving. Um, and he took upon himself, he says, if you can stand for some Russian lieutenant, uh, um, you know, that way, then Kalvachomer, he has to stand in front of Melech Machem Rachim, and that's uh, so he took upon himself that he was in a couple himself that when he davens, he, he doesn't chuckle and, and he sits like that. But again, those uh, have more kavana shockling, those have more kavana standing still, um, each one uh, each one according to their own minak. Let me just uh, end off with uh, holding things during the Shmonai show because. This has a lot of halacha lamaisic questions regarding, wow, uh, tough. you know, I'm not sure we're going to get there because I'm not sure if I want to rush it. No, let's not rush it. Let's not skip all these sources, Chabal. So, so if we don't get to holding the um, dabbling from a cell phone this week, we'll discuss it next week. Um, so let's, let's, let's continue. Regarding concentration, Amar Mar. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I have a problem many times 
that there are people walking around in the shul. You know, there are, uh, some people like to pace back and forth, back and forth. And yeah. they're pacing back and forth right next to me, in front of me, behind me, back and forth. And it's disturbing my concentration. I don't know what I'm, should I be telling them to stop? Should I not be telling them to stop? Because uh, every time they walk into my field of vision, I sort of look towards them, which, uh, any, any thoughts or? Look, they walking because they are ADHD and they need to, uh, they, can't, they can't concentrate until they walk, unless they're walking around. Um, right. that causes that causes other people to uh, um, I don't know I'm, I'm not sure if, if uh, I think people get very offended when people uh, when people uh, give herot I would be very um, I would be very weary of telling people unless one has a very good rapport to say I'm not sure maybe if you could pace on the other side of shul if you can do it in a way, I find people get very, very upset, uh, especially when it comes to getting hair out on davening. Um, once I was I was davening Sukkot de Zimra, just just and and I was at a shul, not not my regular shul, and uh, the guy in front of me turned around and said, "You're disturbing me. Can you please daven soft?" I was, I was just you know I was just davening soft. So, so we we all we all are deserving each other. It's, it's uh, we have to work out um, how to how to give tochacha in in the correct manner. So I think vadai in theory, and, and I'm not I'm not saying how you should do it, but in theory, uh, the fact that this person is uh, this is the way he can concentrate. Is he has to move around is not an excuse to cause a disturbance for the tzibur. So you know, however. That from from that argument to actually telling the person off, that 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 jump, I don't think one should take very hastily because uh, people get very offended, and uh, unfortunately, it's the nature of uh, it's the nature of school going. But, but does anybody discuss that? That was, I guess, my question. Does any, anybody discuss whether you should be davening in one place or davening walking around? Not, again, we're not talking about the Amidah. We're not talking about Shmoness. No, no, no. They do talk about that you should stay in one place. For sure. For sure. In fact, if you want to see it, I actually skipped the source. Sorry. In the Piskei Trubo. Um, it says like this. Let, let's read it. Um, Sorry, not not this not this piskei trovot. It's an earlier piskei trovot that I skipped over, but yeah, this piskei trovot. He says like this: Mikomakom lemishiyesh koshi ba'atzmatata raglaim legamre. A person uh, who can't uh, put their feet together. Rashaili freed rosher raglav zem zeh v'daishim matzidim ba'akava b'shapir dam. Sorry, that's not connected. This came in the Harushay. Sorry. Yeah, the Koshe came, last line. 
שלא יעקרם תוך כדי תפילתו הנה והנה ללא סיבת, לא שום סיבת אונס ודחק, right? A person should certainly not wander around back and forth during prayer without any reason, compulsion or need. Now, the people that do so, I think they do have a compulsion. <laughs> Mainly, that's the issue, that, that for a lot of them, they just can't concentrate. I used to have a rav in South Africa who every Motsei Shabbat with Davin Mariv, he would... The Mariv, you know, walking up and down the shul. So I once asked him, what's going on over here? Why, like, why, why? He says, no, the whole, of, the whole of Shabbos, I'm sitting. I need to end the Shabbos. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't sit anymore. So he would Davin Mariv standing, walking up and down. So th there are people that need to do that. Is it, is it, does that mean that if it's coming at the expense of the tzibur, that uh, that's acceptable? Probably not. It's not. How one deals with that? Um, is a problem, but as you see, it's not it's not ideal that people are wandering around during a tefillah. Very much not not ideal. Okay, let's uh, let's go back to where we were. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, I skipped. One one six. Sorry. The one one six, I think. Oh, one one six. Okay. No, no, that's that's in the next year already. Huh? Yeah, no, no, that can't be bad. It's in the wrong way. Okay, look, we will, um, tough. you know, next week I'll start the topic of um, can we daven using an electric, uh, electronic devices because it connects to a bigger topic and that is what you're allowed to hold during tefillah. So I don't want to rush it in two or three minutes. So let's start with that topic next week. Bezrat Hashem. As I said, I'll be doing it from England, uh, from South Africa, but assuming I can get on a plane, uh, but Bezrat uh, Hashem, it will still take place. Thank you for listening, everybody. And um, see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you.